Well, hello. Welcome to Theology for You, the podcast that Ben Wilson does, but clearly I am not Ben Wilson. Nope. No, I am his <laughs> lovely wife, Victoria. But today... Very lovely. Thank you. Today, we thought we would... <laughs> My podcast has been hijacked. Help. <laughs> or taken over, claiming the ship. Um, no, we thought... Some of you may know, others may not know, that tomorrow, um, from when we're recording this, actually, is Ben's 30th birthday, the big 3-0. <laughs> he is in rare form tonight. And so I asked him... Could be my last night alive, I don't know. Your last night alive? What do you turning, mean by that? Turning 30. Well, why don't you... Someone has already given you a comment about how lucky you are. Just when... be thankful that God's let me live this long. What was it I again? Don't... Just just um, be thankful that God's let me live this long. I don't know yes. if that's a testament to my stupidity. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, someone told Ben he should be thankful he made it to 30. Yeah. So we were like, wow, thanks for that. Um, but anyway, it's his birthday. I Build up one another with words of encouragement. Yeah, it's true. I told, um, I told Ben I thought it might be fun for me to interview him and to kind of talk about... Um, I got basically your testimony, but I mean, what we will end up talking about, hopefully, is just sort of maybe some how you've come to study theology and what it means to you and some big truths that maybe have shaped your Christian walk and that kind of thing. But I thought it'd be fun. So half get to know you, half like what have you learned in your Christian life, half happy 30th birthday, Ben. Thank you. This is kind of fun. I see why you get a little power trip when you record. <laughs> it's uh, very addictive. It is addictive. But anyway, yeah, so first of all, where were you born? I'm kidding. Let's start at the very beginning. Cincinnati, Ohio. You were born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Nasty so, Natty. The Nasty Natty. Is that where, um, did you live there? I mean, obviously, I know the answer to these questions, but I'm mm-hmm. pretending like I didn't. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> So, did you grow up in that area? We lived in a town called Milford. Mm-hmm. Until I was 12. So you were 12. Okay. 12. And we moved to the great state of Kentucky. Okay. And we've been here 18 years now is what that means. Because I turned, well, that's right at 18. Because I turned 13 <laughs> mm-hmm. in Kentucky. So I'm a math whiz. Math is hard on the spot. Yeah. Okay. 12. So the first kind of little bit of your half-ish of your life. In Ohio, and mm-hmm. this last, in the, the remaining years you've lived were the in Kentucky. Years in Kentucky, yes. Um, was uh, so. What kind of family were you born into? Was it religious family? Was church a part of what they did, or not at all? Or you kind of paint that picture. I, I'm one of those. Um, there's really never a time that I don't remember being in church. It's always kind of church and Christianity and. The, the not bi- being in church. The Bible. The, yeah, you don't remember yeah, a time yeah, where you've not, not been. been in church. Yes, right. thank you. I'm 30. It's slipping. <laughs> um, yeah, so always uh, was always in church. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Our church did Thursday nights. Um, always there Thursday nights. Um, from the time I think I was in kindergarten on, my dad has been in the ministry. So... Um, I would go to church after school even on most days because he would come pick us up and then right. all the staff kids would run around like little terrors that we are and um, 
demolish the church um, building. Yeah. So, um, yeah, always been in a, I mean, I'm in a family of my um, dad's brother is a pastor, and I have one uncle who was a pastor and one uncle that is a uh, like an assistant pastor at a church in Florida. On your mom's side. On my mom's side, so. Yeah. Um, I am surrounded by preacher men. Surrounded by preacher men. Yeah. So. That's funny. So what? And I married a, married what? into a, a family that. Yeah. My brother and or uh, father-in-law is a preacher as well. So. Yeah. Married a preacher's but, daughter. Yeah. I'm preach. I'm a magnet for preachers. <laughs> so I wonder. Maybe this could be like skipping ahead in your life. Maybe, but. How has that kind of familiarity and exposure to the church, like, how do you think that's shaped you in maybe good ways or bad ways? Like, what's been maybe a good way that that's shaped you and maybe what's been a, a challenge to overcome? Just being that kind of right surrounded, because anytime you're so immersed, right, in, like, one environment, I'm sure that can be a good thing or a bad thing mm-hmm. in different ways, so. I think my experience as a quote-unquote preacher's kid and mm-hmm. someone who's been immersed in the church heavily has been unique um, because I don't think I've experienced a lot of the trauma that some preacher's kids do. Mm -hmm. I don't, we've been, um, this is a gift of God's grace that um, the churches that dad pastored and that was even that he was on staff with, they didn't really have um, out of this world expectations for the preacher's kids. Like we had to be perfect. Um, Yeah. So... I think my unique my experience was a little bit unique because of that um and we've also always been in in churches and not necessarily because of size but churches that um were okay with the the pastor's family being active mm-hmm. like I, i've been i've been playing music for church since i was a freshman in high school so um or somewhere roundabouts yeah i think um so I think overall, the experience and the journey um, has been very, very positive. Um, it, that involvement has not um, given me a negative view of the church at all. I think it's really bolstered my view of the church and the importance of the church in my life as a Christian. Yeah. Um, why we need the church. Mm-hmm. Why going to church is important and mm-hmm. as hebrew says not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together like um being at church mm-hmm. um pretty much every time the door is open is is important to me i hope we make that a focus in our family mm-hmm. and it's not as a badge of honor um because we we go to i go to church because i'm needy i i need uh to hear from god I need to have the encouragement of my brothers and sisters singing these great truths about God. Mm. Um, so I go to, I go to church uh, to be fed, but also I go there because um, it, it is refreshing to worship yeah. with God's people. Um, so I, I'm, you know, even on at times when I've not been doing music and stuff, church has been a priority because like, there's still something there to participate in even if i'm not up front leading everything so i would yeah that's definitely i think god god's grace working in your life because i know you know we know just people who've been that involved in the church often don't come away Mm -hmm. well I, i think i think some of that too is 
um, a testament to my mom and my dad mm. that because I, I, I'm under no illusion that it was rosy mm. for them. Um, I think they did a good job of um, letting us in on what we needed to know and yeah. shielding us from what we didn't need to know. Yeah. So it's a testament, so yeah, a testament to my parents as well. Because dad was always honest if mm. if someone this inevitably happens because the church is full of sinners that's the way it should be so if if someone were to leave the church dad was always honest about it and like hey these people especially if we were close to the people he said you know these people are leaving so like we were never out of the loop but the things that we just didn't need to know about we didn't know about and i think that yeah that helped a lot too i would know i would definitely i think second that just getting to know your family more and seeing how your parents parented you all like that definitely seems like something they were intentional about mm-hmm. like good good model of ministry and that they kind of kept you guys involved and like you knew that your family was in ministry and what that meant but mm-hmm. it also wasn't like a i don't know like you weren't like a leper or you, know, you didn't get treated like you were on a pedestal or any special secret mm-hmm. yeah whatever they, boundary boundary lines maybe were really clear and enforced yeah and they did a really good job of I don't know how my siblings took this, but um, of just teaching us that, like, as as the pastor's family, like, we're not there to to be served, but we're there to serve. Mm. And it showed up even in small things. Some people might even think this is overkill, but, like, if we would have a church potluck, mom always made sure that we went last. Mm. And it's not because she was worried about us not having enough food because we're Baptist. <laughs> and one great thing about Baptists is we never run out of food at a potluck. It's true. It's, it just can't happen. It, no. <laughs> um, and if it does, we lose our baptism. So anyway, but I, th- I think mom did that intentionally to say, hey, you know, mm. this, like, this, this is not about us. It's, you know, yeah. put others before yourself. Don't, don't be the pesky preacher's kid getting up front to steal all the cheese pizza, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. Even just small things like that were very helpful. Would you say, I, f- I feel like I want to ask you another follow-up question, but I also want to keep keep going in your kind of testimony here. But the quick question would maybe be, knowing that you, you did have largely positive, that's what it sounds like, being so kind of surrounded by the church didn't hurt you individually, which is awesome. I get that. That's, that's a very good thing. Have you ever found it difficult to kind of break outside of that in terms of like evangelism or reaching people who are... Um, Unchurched, like have you found that easy to do or difficult because of that background? Does that make sense? Just like your your life has kind of naturally evolved or revolved mm-hmm. around church um, things and people in church, so just wonder. Yes and no. Um, I think it's when you're I, when you're surrounded in church culture. I think sometimes it's hard to forget it, hard to remember about people out there. Mm. sometimes um but i do think my my pastor who's been my dad since i was 12 yeah um has always done a good job of one uh always teaching biblical truth about what the true nature of man is uh, he did it again sunday night teaching on romans 8 1 mm. just that outside of christ like people are under condemnation they're doomed um that all they um, apart from Christ that God will give them wrath and judgment and justice um, so 
that would be my no part is that yeah. we've always had a good good understanding of the, of the nature of man who they who people are apart from Christ and the necessity of getting that message out and i think part of the no would also be i've while i do church work and i am a worship pastor i don't do that full time mm. i'm in a um i work i i work a full time job um on top of doing church duties so um it is pretty easy when you work with the public yeah to have that truth reinforced but also to see the hurt mm-hmm. and the struggle um that that's out there because i work with the public and of course you see with your coworkers as well yeah good no just thought that was a good follow-up question so it was um thanks <laughs> welcome so pastor's son like you know church staff slash pastor's son grew up in church it's in in the family um what mm-hmm. is your first memory of um of hearing the gospel maybe that making sense Mm-hmm. to you I don't know the exact circumstances but I was like five or six okay and just talking to mom one night and you, we use language like it just seemed to click I mean yeah. I've got the theology behind it now but yeah at that moment it just seemed to click at a very real sense that um, an understanding that I was a sinner and because I was a sinner mm-hmm. I needed Jesus um, mm-hmm. and the only way that um, I could be saved from my sin um, was to trust in Jesus and to believe in him and mm-hmm. have faith in him I don't I don't think I understood all the ramifications of course then but I knew that I was in trouble mm. and that was it talking to your mom talking to mom yeah one night mm-hmm. what 5724 Hilltop Way <laughs> <laughs> Milford, Ohio. Milford, Ohio. Like, that's a sweet, I think that's a, that's, I don't know, I've always thought that's a really sweet thing. and kind of speaks a lot to the important, like, obviously, like, your mom and your dad. When you say, like, who who led you to the Lord? Like, I know you grew up in a family that talked about that a lot. So, it was mm-hmm. both of them in a sense, but mm-hmm. I have always thought that was really sweet and tender, just kind of showing that parents, like, can do have influence over their children and mm-hmm. what they hear is important yeah. and just a, yeah just a sweet story so um so you would say that you came to faith in the lord faith in christ at that point mm-hmm. okay so then kind of from then like moving you up through you were five or six you said when that happened mm-hmm. moving up through your adolescence and life was there a time where you felt um I don't know. I don't, I don't want this to sound, this is not like a, I made Jesus my savior. Then I made him my Lord. Like I'm definitely Uh not, um, I'm not going down that wrong way of thinking, but you know, was there, do you remember some maybe formidable times where your faith maybe got stronger or deepened? Um, you know, I had, I had really intense growth my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, I can remember going to, um, I think we referenced this in our last podcast i was in the fca group at my school mm-hmm. um, but they had like a summer camp that i went to at asbury college um and that i don't know that i don't think there's anything at that camp that really triggered it 
Um, but I can remember, um, this will not shock you at all, but this was shocking at the time. It's the first time I read John MacArthur. Mm. Um, I read the book 12, 12 Ordinary Men. Mm-hmm. But like when our like required duties were done for this camp, I would just like go back to my room, um, which I did share a room, which was horrible. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would go back to my room. I would I would read my Bible. Mm-hmm. I read that whole John MacArthur book in like four days, which was something because I I hated reading in high school. Mm. Um, but just that whole senior year, um, a lot of just a lot of growth. But I think the growth was connected to a, um, and I know this now because God has matured my theology, that the growth was connected to a lot of intake of Scripture. I just couldn't get enough of hmm. uh, the Bible. I've got, um, maybe I don't, but anyway, I had a King James Version study Bible and just oh. <laughs> tore it apart and just read it and read it and read it and did anything um, trigger that, like hunger for scripture, or was it just it just it happened? Just, it like, just, I just out of nowhere. It just happened. Yeah. Mm. Um, that, that's also at that time I was kind of um, really began to see that I like teaching the Bible. I can remember a few friends asking me mm. like questions and like writing out responses for them, and they probably thought I was a big dweeb, but who cares? But um. <laughs> You know, so, and remember a t- particular friend that if God God loves us, why should we fear Him? Mm. You know, like they asked me that, so it's like I'm just going to tear the Psalms up and mm. give this friend a, a good response. Yeah. So. Well, praise the Lord. Um, but yeah, it just I can't really explain it. it. Just happened, but I know that the looking back on it, it it uh, it's not as random because there was so much Bible in intake yeah. at that point between reading and studying and and everything else so that Mm. was that you know that was probably the first time i can remember something really like that happening Mm. just intense growth yeah there there was of course always steady growth i think because sure yeah you you wouldn't hit like intense growth had there not been steady growth Mm -hmm. before yeah so what happened so that's senior year what um you graduate I graduated, yeah. From high school. Congratulations. <laughs> Yay. Um, so what happens after that? Like, what, what did you, you know, that, that kind of time? It's almost like, I don't know, like a boot camp or a training. You know, what did you, yeah. what did well, you decide to do after that? I went to um, a local university here, hated yeah. it. <laughs> I made it a semester. Yeah. And um, my dad had just gone to a... Uh, pastors like seminar retreat up at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and they had this um, uh, Bible college Mm -hmm. that uh, was still fairly new at that point it was only I think they formally started in 1994 so about a decade old really at that point and uh, we were just kind of talking through things and um, he just kind of said why don't you just go to boys Mm -hmm. and Boys College, which is the undergraduate school at the Southern Baptist least, Theological yeah. Seminary. To um, learn more, to go to boyscollege.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sbts.edu. <laughs> Shout <laughs> kudos, out to Al Moeller. Yeah, kudos to Dr. Moeller. If you're listening, Dr. Moeller. I'm sure he is. Um, <laughs> he listens to all Boys Alumni podcasts. But anyway, um, so I started there in 2005, took a long 10-year journey to get out of it, 
and yeah. then graduated in 2015. Yeah, you but, were on the tenure yeah, track. But I, I took a long break. So, <laughs> um, so you start you started a voice. I, st- I started at voice and because you decided that going to Bible college, talking to your dad, thought that would be a good idea. Yeah, and I I wouldn't necessarily say that I th- I thought at that point that I was called to to ministry. Yeah, I think I just kind of went. I thought it sounded like a good idea, mm. and it wasn't even necessarily. I'm a homebody. So it wasn't, um, gosh, I just need to get out of Berea. It was, yeah. a, it sounded good. So, yeah. um, I went and, um, Dr. Wellam's systematic theology class at eight o'clock in the morning, reading through Wayne Grudem. It's the uh, first time I'd ever heard anybody call, um, anybody a heretic. Yeah. Talking about T.D. Jakes. And <laughs> sadly, T.D. Jakes is still in that state, but, um, yeah. and I, just that class. Um, something clicked and mm. uh, Wayne Grudem still <laughs> sitting beside me right now the book not, yeah. not actually Wayne Grudem <laughs> his systematic theology but mm. um, from that that point um, a lot of things just started making clicking and coming together and okay because I actually started out as a, as a youth ministry major I was a youth ministry major for a day and then um, decided <laughs> because after my it's pretty sad your first day and like your first class for your major and you're like uh this isn't it um so <laughs> that's better than like the last day yeah that, of is, your be- that is better class. But, so switch to biblical and theological studies and uh didn't look back for 10 years Found yourself <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> took some time off in between and then yeah, about back three and... years off so three years off okay yeah um so yeah but I, it was at my time at voice and then um uh, uh, uh going to the the church i went to up there i met a gentleman by the name of jeff mccarty and yeah he, he really poured into me mm-hmm. much like my dad had um mm-hmm. but I, I think some things ministry wise started to click at, at that time okay like so, what um that this that this this was it this was the life uh, goal, the vocation, if you will. Mm. I don't know what it would look like. I t- I'm not sure. I still know what it's going to look like, but, mm-hmm. um, but th- that was it. And then, of course, ongoing, continuing conversations mm. uh, with with my dad and um, other people at our our church. Um, yeah. Things just started to to crystallize, and then a few years after that, became an elder at our church, and okay. been an elder since then. Yeah, so how long have you been an elder at your your current, our church, you know, your local church yeah. right now? Um, shoot, six, seven. I don't know. Were you an six. elder when we were dating? Mm, I think I'd just become one. Okay. So I was an elder in training Okay. before that. Okay. Because I only lived one year at Boys. Then right. I moved back to help with the church because the church needed help. Yeah. Um, and I commuted during that time right okay so so what is there any i mean do you want to keep going or yeah you have... just whatever you want <laughs> you're in control of this oh goodness um i know i'm just trying to think of what would maybe be be like relevant to ask you like knowing i mean obviously you kind of you talk some about your your heart for 
ministry and where that, or I guess your, your calling to ministry, that's kind of heart for ministry is kind of cliche, but your calling to mm-hmm. ministry, how that's coming about. Um, and then your, your interest in biblical and theological studies, which is what you have your degree in. So maybe mm-hmm. what is one thing either, um, <clears throat> excuse me, either lately or just in your, in your whole life, um, like a theological study that you have done that has just been really, really fruitful for you. It, it can be what you're currently studying mm-hmm. right now, but I would probably say two th- two things. One is um, while I was at Boyce, I I uh, studied the book of First John mm-hmm. uh, for two years. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first big study mm-hmm. of a book um, that I had ever done. Was this under direction of a class or like no, your own independent? just my own okay. independent. I took I took a class on First John, okay. the letters of John during that time, but I. I I took the class because I'd already mm. been been studying it. First um, John is um, really the time um, where it, um, like a light bulb moment, where I saw that uh, theology was connected to living. Mm. So um, John will say things like, "If therefore, if we if we do sin, we have an advocate." Um, with God, Jesus Christ, the righteous, he is the propitiation for our sins, not mm-hmm. only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Um, they might just say world. Um, but after that, uh, theology, John goes into, um, our obedience and obeying, obeying God, um, mm. living a righteous life. Um, so, that that was pretty informative and then hmm. this is an ongoing study i don't know that this that this may be just a, a life study but just the the doctrine the teaching of the the bible of union with christ that we are um we are in christ and just the ramifications of that is reading j.i packer today mm-hmm. and um his, in his book knowing god and the chapter was on sons of god and just the um beautiful truth that because we are in christ we we have god as our father mm. whereas before um he was not he was not my father i, I was a mm. spiritual orphan um, but god has adopted me as his son he has made me his own um and that's not of anything that's in me that's because of christ um so just the centrality of uh, christ to all that we see in the bible but also all that um, all of the good things that I receive from God come from Christ. Mm. Um, so that that that's an ongoing study. I'm not sure how that'll ever. Um, I don't know if that'll ever stop. It's just uh, it's just so it's so big. Like mm. when you think you figured it all out, there's something else, mm. and it's just it's really really great that brian cordell from our church um he's been been he's been on the podcast um he was listening to some lectures by wayne grudem on in christ and he was asking his students um what do you think it means to be in christ and they would say such and such and he would say yes and then someone else would say something totally different than he would say yes Mm. and then someone else would say something completely different from the other two and he would say yes so Mm. um 
we're made righteous in Christ, we're adopted in Christ, um, we're, uh, we die in Christ, we live in Christ, we fight sin in Christ, we worship in Christ. Um, and, and that being in Christ is not just individual. Paul talks about how whole churches, whole congregations are in Christ mm. so that I can't properly live out my union with Christ if I'm not properly connected to Christ's body, the church. Mm. Um, that uh, things like the Lord's Supper are a reminder of my union with Christ. Um, that Romans 6 idea that we have died with Christ. So it's just, it's, enor- it's enormous truth. So yeah um so that will probably be ongoing and we'll hear a lot about that on the podcast as long as we do this podcast i'm sure because it's just it's it's all over the place yeah so yeah absolutely no that's good that's good that was all i think i had as far as like you know okay well you made it pretty easy i was i don't know what you had in mind (laughs) yeah say unless i mean unless you have anything else you wanted to Add. I just feel like I thought it, it'd be nice to kind of get your, your testimony and um, no, it's good to, just knowing theological truths that have impacted you, mm-hmm. um, union with Christ, like I know. Listeners probably know we, that does come up a lot as a big yeah. one. And, yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing I've probably learned um, in, 30 years. in 30 years, I've got much more to learn and I'm going to learn more about this. Mm. is just that um, God's grace is so massive mm-hmm. um, and my sin is so heinous. Mm. Um, mm. I was talking with one of our college students just last night about this. Just, you know, um, the more that I grow in my faith because the Holy Spirit is working within me, um, I see how awful, awful my sin is, but just how wonderful God's grace is in Christ um, our pastor said Sunday night that Romans 8 1 is God teaching us how to respond to our sin um, which uh, Romans 8 1 comes after Romans seven fourteen through 25 I know that's very deep but that's where Paul's saying what I don't want to do that's what I do and then what I um, do want to do I, I don't do it and who will deliver me from this body of death Mm-hmm. And he says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that God, um, our pastor said, doesn't want us to wallow in our sin. He wants us to wonder at his grace. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that wonder grows by the day and by the month and definitely by the year. So, yeah. Well, but, praise God. So, yeah. God. Well, now that you're done and hijacking my podcast (laughs) yeah yeah we do have an announcement we want to make which i think is pretty exciting um you sure you're done so i can go into this okay yeah it's your podcast again okay well i just want to make sure you you seem like you were just enjoying it i did i see the most you smiled a lot so i (laughs) I see why you like doing it. it's very fun um yes very big (laughs) announcement big announcement huge ginormous Almost as big as turning 30. Almost but. as big as turning 30, but maybe not quite. <laughs> um, yes, we're excited to announce something that we're uh, going to start next year called Theology for You Weekenders. And um, our first one is going to be in January, January 29th through 30th. Uh, it's going to be at our church here in uh, Berea. So I'm very excited about it. We'll have information up on our website on monday so you can look at this but um 
this will be no shocker here, but the topic for the for next year, so any weekender we do, this is going to be the topic, is in Christ, a living and vital relationship. Um, really, the the whole idea with the, the weekender is um, theology for you wants to come to your church mm-hmm. and do like a Friday evening, Saturday event uh, where we look at the Bible's teaching on in Christ. And really, my prayer and hope for this is that we can help... Um, other Christians understand and articulate what it means to be in Christ from the Bible, um, not from Wayne Grudem or from John Frame, but from the Bible, um, so that they might grow in their relationship with God and live a life of worship. Mm. Um, I think theology sometimes is uh, scary to people because they don't have what you might call the underpinnings or the foundation or the language. Um, but I, th- I think it's a beautiful thing when we can use the language of the Bible to formulate our theology and just use the, the Bible um, to form our theology. So we want to come and just give a little help, a little aid, uh, learning about this uh, together. I'm learning about it more. So first one is going to be at our church and hoping we can partner with a couple churches in our town and, and they'll join, join with us as well, January 29th and uh, 30th so I'm, yeah if, I'm pretty excited yeah I'm excited too I think um, as Ben mentioned we'll have the link to this page in our site in the show notes but if you're interested um, in bringing something like this to your church there's a contact form on mm-hmm. the page yeah. you can fill out or, or send to your pastor whoever's appropriate there um, love to we definitely like we we have a plan as far as materials that we would kind of you know Ben and whoever else would come and present, but also um, our heart really is to work this through the local church. So mm-hmm. lots we're planning lots of conversation and um, that you know that sort of thing, making sure that it's customized and fits the needs of your congregation, that sort of thing. So um, yeah, exciting. Looking forward to partnering with churches and yeah, I'm very excited about it. I hope it God. I hope above all, God uses it uh, yeah. to encourage His people. Yeah. Um, and to strengthen his church. So, yeah, very, very excited to announce our first one. We've got one already. We do have one already. There is interest is brewing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, good. I'm yeah, excited. I'm ben. very excited, too. It's a great idea. Yeah. So, yeah, January 29th, the beginning of the first one, Grace if, Community Church in Berea, Kentucky. If so, you're around here, yeah, if you're in the area, give us a holler. Give us a <laughs> shout out. Yeah. We'd love to, love to have you. So, um... I think that's it. I'm excited about that. So, but I think we've said enough for now. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. Uh, hopefully, next time, if um, we can, I think um, we're just going to kind of talk about what we've been learning lately. Yeah. So, um, we say hopefully next time, Lord willing, next time. Unless, um, although I won't be disappointed if we can't do it because that means Nora will be here. Yes. And we're um, <laughs> I'll have gone into labor. We're ready for Nora to be here. So yeah, little Nora. So um, yeah. So next time, a little bit about what we're learning, and um, it'll probably have something to do with um, being in Christ. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> so until next time, friends.